Hey, are you still uh, you still liking that uh, new monitor you got? Yeah, good question. I'm still liking it, uh, but I've noticed a pretty major flaw, which I don't think it's the monitor. I think it's my computer. Uh oh. Um, and that's actually happening right now as we're speaking. Uh, I don't think you can pick up on it, but I can certainly do. Uh, the fans of the MacBook Pro go nuts when I do something more than just you know browse the web or do something very very basic. And I had noticed that the computer was running kind of hot before in the past week, and I didn't you know make too much of it. You know I just made a note in my head. I was like, oh, the computer is hot when I touch it. You know, it was plugged to, to, to plugged uh, via USB-C to the monitor. And then last week, I was praising the monitor and everything on this very show. <laughs> and then I edited the show in Logic and the fans were going insane for all the entire time it took me to edit the show. So I was like, ooh, this is no bueno. And I did a bit of research, and I'm not really finding anything satisfying to me. Some people have the same issue. Uh, there doesn't seem to be like a good explanation. The explanation is that it has to push more pixels uh, for the bigger screen than it does on, on the 13-inch the uh, screen uh, of the MacBook. Right. And that's basically the only explanation I have. But some people have the same, seem to have the same computer as me, or, uh, you know, same kind of 2016 MacBook Pro and the same uh, monitor. And some people say, no, I'm not, I'm not reporting, I'm not uh, experiencing any kind of a, um, uh, higher than usual uh, heating or uh, running of the fans on the computer. So I, and I spent probably a couple of hours online, like trying to figure out, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, what, what's going on? Like, or is it just something I have to live with? And I don't think I can live with it because I don't think my MacBook Pro is going to live through this. Like when I, you know, when I edit uh, in Logic, I don't do this for four hours. It's about an hour job, right? But still, like the computer was burning hot, burning hot. Um, so a way I've, I've found uh, to kind of alleviate some of that is to keep the computer open. But then it's kind of distracting, and if I if if I, you know I try to turn the screen away from me, uh, then it I have, just doesn't look great. Yeah, then you have like the computer, like it, it just looks stupid. Like the the lid is open, but it's facing against the wall. It just doesn't make sense. There's nothing really that I found that is satisfying. Uh, so again, not sure if it's my computer. Uh, it's a three-year-old computer. Maybe you know, maybe there's something you know. If I had a newer computer uh, that could handle all these pixels better, I don't know. I don't know if anybody out there has a good explanation, or not so much an explanation because that, I think that is the explanation. The the MacBook Pro is working harder to push more pixels to this larger screen. That's, I believe, the, the, the reason. But if anybody has a solution, um, some suggestions, feel free to hit me up because, um, because I'm interested in, in uh, resolving this case. Yeah. First of all, it's, it always gives me a little chuckle because I know you go off on these hours of research and I, just, I feel like you've got 20 tabs open and 
Maybe there's like the Doogie Howser theme song in the background or Law and Order, you know, some <laughs> kind of like synth, synth soundtrack in the background as you're just like flicking open. Uh, or maybe it's Minority Report style and your just fingers are in the air and you're just moving tabs away. <laughs> just This really in-depth, hardcore research, you know, because um, I feel like you've had a lot of like problems over the years and this is how you get to the bottom of it. But, um, yeah. I, you know, I thought the clamshell thing was... I thought that was a just a kind of a known problem, and I could be wrong here because I've, you know, I've either skimmed this in a headline or something a long time ago. It's not something I know for a fact, but uh, I thought that that was just a common problem people had when they use clamshell mode that the computer would get hot because the screen maybe the screen is not deactivated on the inside, so maybe it's pressed up against the keyboard and. I don't know what all goes on no. in there, but I feel like I have heard of people having issues running in clamshell mode. Well, I've done some research. I mean, <laughs> I've done some Clearly, I've done some research, right? And, okay, first, mine is not in clamshell mode. Clamshell is when it's, like, slightly open, you know, I guess, okay. or, like, open a lot. Typically, like, the way I want mine is completely closed. Right. But, uh, so this morning, before, before uh, recording this, I... I did some tests, I plugged it in, and it was, you know, the lid was open, and I closed the lid as far as I, I, I closed the lid slowly until the screen would go dark. And the screen goes dark on the MacBook Pro when the, the, the lid is, uh, say, 95% closed. There's just enough space to put like a finger between the, key, the keyboard, you know, like the, the body of the, of the computer and the screen, and the thing goes dark. So that's when, it, so it you know it goes dark before it's completely closed. So when it's completely closed, it's the, the screen on the MacBook Pro is definitely dark. But then in my research, too, what I found is, and which kind of makes sense, is that the the MacBook Pro um, uh, pushes out hot hair through the keyboard as well. Like that's like the keyboard is used. So there is like holes in the back of the body uh, for for ventilation. But another way that the MacBook Pro pushes like hot hair out of the computer is through the keyboard. So if that is correct, uh, when the when the lid is completely closed, then you kind of trap the hot hair between the keyboard and the screen. And I've verified this too in the past, where the sc- the, the keyboard was really 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 hot. Like, I mean, I'm not talking like warm. I'm talking hot. So there is there is something going on here. I'm I, I'm sure there is a solution. Uh, I feel like I had heard about an application, like a third party, you know, Mac app before uh, that you could use not to control the fans because I've seen this recommendation online for this uh, very problem, but uh, to better manage external displays and what uh, the uh, the main comp- the MacBook Pro does and what the the external display does. I I'm sure I've seen like an app like this in the past. Couldn't couldn't find it uh, in my uh, hours of research. <laughs> Me and my team, you know, the team of yeah. uh, <laughs> security researcher that I hired. Johnson, put that up on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> I have like people all over the world, you know, like a big <laughs> a big room with a gigantic monitor and you know, yeah. NASA style. <laughs> Sir, I think we found it. We found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so yeah, if anyone has. Any suggestions, recommendations? Um, feel free to send them my way because I'm I, I'm not desperate, but I'm I'm bummed out. You know, like it really tainted 
uh, the excitement I had for this external monitor. Now, um, you said that uh, maybe you might be up, you might be due for uh, renewing the laptop. Yeah. Uh, are you just waiting to see maybe if Apple launches something later this year? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I mean, this, yeah. this, this MacBook Pro is still more than capable. It's three right. years old. And typically, even for my, uh, my 5K iMac, which was my last computer uh, before, before the MacBook Pro, Oh, I guess I had both of them at the same time. But anyway, after a few years, the 5K iMac, I could tell that it was starting to drag. You know, it was starting, some things were getting slower, like booting up, like opening windows, just, but this one, this MacBook Pro, man, I'm telling you, probably the best computer I've ever had. Like it, it feels just as snippy as it was on the first day for everything I do. Like I haven't thought once on this computer, ooh, this thing is getting slow, like there's something going on. No, it's it's as capable as it was three years ago. And for what I do, more than enough, right? The most uh, uh, processor uh, demanding thing that I do every uh, with this computer is just editing the podcast. And it's right. really not that much. It's editing two tracks that contain about an hour of audio each. So it's really not, I'm not editing 4K video or anything like this. So super capable, super fast. Um, so I'm not like in a hurry to upgrade it. I'm just waiting for Apple to release new models. I don't want like updated models. I'm waiting for these new models that uh, hopefully will come up this year. Yeah, and it's it's your laptop's likely out of warranty too, right? Out of Apple Care and everything. No, because I knew I was going to be traveling. Uh, I, I was going to be moving out of the country. I knew it was going to be my main computer and I knew I, I would be traveling a lot with my wife and kids while we were living in France. So I knew this computer was more prone to accidental damage than my previous computers. So I made an exception to my rule and I actually got Apple Care Plus or Apple Care for this computer. So technically, I believe it is uh, under warranty until December of this year. I think. I think the Apple Care added two years of extra warranty. So I got it in 2016 and it, I think it added two years. So um, it should be out of warranty by the end of the year. So I have a few more months under warranty here. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, I did not get the Apple Care on my laptop. Um, and mine is also three years old. So mine is well out of warranty, except for the little fact of. Um, if you recall, uh, several weeks ago, I had the battery issue where I had the expanding battery. It actually popped the back off of the laptop. And when I took it into Apple to have it repaired, um, they gave me a lot of new pieces and a lot of new parts. And those are all protected under a 90 day warranty. So I guess technically some parts of my, of my laptop are still under warranty for a short amount of time, but I am definitely, uh, I hope to have a new model within six months just because, you just feel like you're in this weird space when you're out of warranty and you're kind of thinking about buying a new laptop because you think, okay, if I buy the new laptop now, I can sell the computer and because it's still working, right, and because it looks great, I can get a pretty decent amount for it. I can recoup, you know, at least a, a chunk of my initial costs. But if you let something terrible happen, you know, if like let's say the the motherboard blows up or something bad happens well now you've got to pay to have it fixed probably hundreds of dollars and now you're not going to recoup those costs so yeah there's a limbo area between when your computer's out of warranty and when maybe things start 
acting finicky where you go, hmm, <laughs> it might just be better to, you know, take care of this now versus uh, waiting any longer. So, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat kind of, except I think I'm a little more um, in a hurry to buy a laptop than you are. Hmm. So would you be considering the rumored 16-inch laptop that Apple will come up with? Oh, no, 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 especially since the rumored price is three grand. And I think that's starting price. I think they're saying this thing's going to start at $3,000, um, which is crazy to me because if it really does replace the current 15-inch, that current 15-inch starts at like 2200 or maybe 2400 I guess, might be actual retail. But I see it for less than that all the time. But to jump up, you know, that price tag, the, the starting price tag, 600 bucks, if that's really what's going to happen, um, it's just too rich for my blood. I mean, you kind of said it perfectly talking about the extent to which we use these things. Yes. You know, I have a bunch of tabs open, you know, most of the time. And yeah, sometimes on my secondary monitor, which is my laptop screen, I, I will put, uh, you know, streaming video playing, whether it be ESPN or maybe just the office on Netflix in the background. Um, but that's the extent of what I do. So, uh, I think this time around what I'm really going to focus, I'm going to try to get that 16 gigs of Ram. Um, the last couple laptops I've had, have had eight gigs. I just think that 16 gig would, would suit me better for trying to do all these things that I like to do at once without really struggling. Uh, but outside of that, I don't need anything super high performance. So I'll just kind of see what my options are. I think, uh, uh, after all the announcements hit, you know, September and, and then maybe October, if, if the rumors hold true. Uh, while we're on the topic of monitors here, um, sure. can you remind me how you use yours? Like, uh, what configuration uh, of your computer and screen? Like, how do you handle this? Yeah, so uh, the way I have it set up right now is I have a 32 inch BenQ. Uh, it's not a 4K, but it's like the it's like a 2K. It's like just below that. It's like a 24, or you know what I mean? Like, hmm, I don't have the exact specs in front of me, but it's like. It's like that it's in the 2000 range of resolution. And so it's pretty sharp, but it's not exactly retina or 4K or anything. Uh, and I believe it's a 32 inch monitor and it's sitting on an arm, you know, like one of these monitor arms. And it sits directly in front of me with my keyboard directly, directly below it. And I would say there's about a foot, you know, from my keyboard up to the monitor. So the monitor really sits head level right with me. I don't have to bend over. I don't have to look up. It's just perfect eye level. And then I have my laptop on a second monitor arm um, that also has like a monitor stand attached to it. So it's like this little accessory that goes on top of the display arm um, so that you can put your laptop on it. And I've got it literally sitting uh, right to the right of uh, the external monitor. So I've got them both kind of in visual. The laptop kind of sits off to the right. But again, that's how I like it. I rarely put anything on there that's not, you know, either video for background or maybe just like text or email up there. So I can just have that window open at all times if I'm actively communicating. Um, but yeah, that's my setup. And then I have a, uh, not that yes, but I have a Logitech uh, MX mouse sitting below the laptop. So everything's wireless and Bluetooth and uh, yeah, I'm using an external monitor, and my laptop rarely leaves the rarely leaves my desk. Does it even uh, do the fans ever go nuts? Uh, you know, they I noticed it before Apple replaced my battery. So I think what would happen is I had one of these bad batteries that would heat up on its own, and I think that's what would cause the fans to kick on. Um, 
but no, I don't think I've noticed it since I've got it back. I'll tell you when it starts to happen is when I have the video streams going. So if I have the video streams going, especially if I if I were to make the video stream go full screen on my 32 inch monitor and run that for a longer period of time, I think the fans would kick on. I definitely notice if you want to make your fans go on, put uh, put the iTunes window full screen on your biggest external monitor and run the uh, visualizer while you're playing music. That's a sure bet to uh, kick those fans on. And remember, I had a setup at one point with this same laptop that was hooked up to a 41-inch or 43-inch Samsung 4K TV. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I distinctly remember fans kicking on when I would put the video window too big on that. So Yeah, because like it was pushing more pic- pixels. Like exactly. Between 4K yeah. and the 2K monitor that you have now, that's that's a big difference. Right. So, I don't know. I don't hear them very often nowadays, I guess is just my answer. I don't hear the fans kick on very often unless it feels like I've got a ton of windows open and then maybe like multiple video streams or one big video stream going. Mm-hmm. But you, uh, you're you liking the monitor otherwise and you're yeah. just trying to figure out this, this yeah. heating issue? Yeah, yeah. Once this is figured out, it's going to be it's going to be perfect. Okay. Um. Well, I guess while we're while we're at it, uh, are you still liking the bridge keyboard? I'm still loving it. Made uh-huh. a big, big difference to the way I use my iPad. The iPad is pretty much docked 24/7 into the bridge keyboard. Now I've probably taken it taken it out of the keyboard maybe once or twice over the past week, and I use this thing a lot. Like in the morning, I. Typically, when my kids are having breakfast, I'm already getting ahead of the day and, and doing a few things, uh, editing posts on IDB and, and a few things like this, scheduling posts also. And uh, I do all this on on the on the, the iPad. And uh, I think like the re- I mean, I don't think I know like the reason why I'm doing this now on the iPad is that the bridge keyboard uh, is making my use of the iPad much easier. Now, as I said last week, it could be a different keyboard. It would be just the same, right? If it was an Apple smart keyboard or something like this, I'm sure it would be just as helpful. But the design of it is not as good, I think, for um, other keyboards. Like, there, there are flaws to the bridge flaws. I would have, I think I would have designed it differently now that I've been using it for a little bit. But, uh, but it just, it's just great. Like, it feels like having a, a little iOS laptop with you. And, um, yeah, for the first time, I think I also mentioned this last week. Um, I'm going to be traveling on Thursday, flying to France for a wedding for four days. And f- I think for the first time ever, I'm going to be traveling without my MacBook. I think I'll just take the the iPad Pro with the keyboard and the pencil. And I'm I'm feeling pretty confident that unless something bad happens to the site... Uh, in which case I will be uh, effed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident that I'll be doing just fine. I'm not going to work much, that's for sure. But anything that I need to do, the little light um, light load of work uh, that I typically do on, on the iPad, I'll keep doing it on the iPad. And uh, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be my first mini challenge, like traveling for an extended period of time without my MacBook Pro and just using uh, the iPad Pro. And this is, you know, allowed to me by by the bridge keyboard. So, yeah, I'm still loving this thing. Absolutely. So you think it has, if you had to give it percentage wise, do you think it's 
100% the bridge and 0% iPad OS, or is it 80-20? What do you think it is that's making the, the iPad more of a, a work tool for you? I think, to, in my case, um, it's probably 75% keyboard and 25% iPad OS. Okay. There's clearly been some improvements in Safari on iPad OS, but it's still far from being the what Apple cl- calls the desktop class uh, web browser. It's not. It's far. Like we're talking like miles, m- hundreds of miles away from being a desktop class um, browser for for the iPad. It's just it's just not there quite yet. There's still like tons of of time where things don't work. Uh, you 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 know you tap somewhere on and doesn't register the tap or just you know buttons that don't work, drop downs that don't work, or just like screen flickering. WordPress obviously <laughs> also is always an issue uh, on on the iPad for me. Like there's some weird flickering stuff going on uh, as I'm editing posts, but um, iPad OS 13 has made it better, but it's not. It's not 100% um, the, the OS that's making the experience better. I think in my case, personally, uh, the bridge keyboard is allowing me to be more productive and not so much the, the OS. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's been your problem. I've heard other people as well uh, kind of complain that uh, maybe the Safari uh, upgrades in uh, iPad OS are maybe not what Apple promised them to be. No. If they had... If they had hit anywhere close to what we initially thought, I I would probably have an iPad right now, because I think where I would go if the iPad uh, uh, Safari was up to snuff, I would probably have maybe like a Mac Mini, right? Because you can get those cheap, you can get those six or seven hundred dollars uh, for a de- desktop version, and then I would have an iPad for, you know, just to have an iPad, and that could also be a portable computer if it had to be. Uh, because of all the Safari upgrades, but yeah, every I'm hearing not just from you, but from other people that uh, it's not there yet, and it's not really as close as I think people were hoping it was going to be. No, it's not. I mean, some basic things are still a struggle, like copy pasting text, for example, as basic as it is, and and as important as it is to me uh, when I schedule some tweets and stuff like this for for the IGB Twitter account, I just copy paste text from a one of our posts and put it in the tweet it's just like sometimes it is like extremely frustrating when it takes me like 30 seconds to copy uh 400 characters or something or 200 characters it's just like i'm like what what is wrong with that what's what's going on um so there are things that i that i know the limitations of uh but there are other things uh the portability and the simplicity of the os are also uh, to be praised, you know, like it just sometimes it feels like so much lighter uh, of a of a low like of an operating system to work with than macOS that it is kind of pleasant even if you have to jump through hoops to do very basic tasks. Do you think maybe some of this is uh, bug related? Because that's another thing I keep hearing is that people are is that these betas are more buggy than previous betas, which I don't know that I see. I see some wonky stuff every once in a while, but I'm on the latest beta here, and I, I'm not running into a lot of problems outside of, I think there's one or two apps that the Today widgets don't work, but uh, um, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more complaining about where the betas are at bug-wise than I have in the past. 
Yeah, I don't know about bugs. I mean, I'm not experiencing many bugs. I think what people are complaining about is that some features are have been announced and they've been kind of showcased in a previous beta and then they're taken away and they come back and then they are taken away again, making it look like an uncertain release because we're just, what, about three weeks away now from the potential release of iOS 13 to the public. Right. Uh, so I think some people are worried about this. Like, is it going to be not so much like it's buggy, you know, things crash or stuff like this, but is it going to be ready on time with the features that Apple promised or announced for iOS 13? Yeah. I mean, I've even, it's gone so far as I even heard uh, uh, like developer Marco Arment talking to Darren Fireball's John Gruber about is Apple even going to be able to include iOS 13 with the new iPhones? Or are they going to have to ship with maybe like a variation of 12 point? Yeah. 12 point, what is it? 12.4.1, I guess is the latest that just came yeah. out today. Yep. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt, I really, really doubt Apple will do this. I'm not even sure that they could if they wanted to. I mean, I guess anything's possible, right? But I don't right. even know if, if like an iPhone 11 is made to support uh, iOS 12 and vice versa. I don't even know if iOS 12 can support in a basic manner, you know, with the basic features like the camera and the security features and stuff like this, can iOS 12 support in its way um, uh, the iPhone 11? I, I, I don't know. Or maybe it's something that they work on like right off the bat, you know, they're like, okay, let's make sure that iOS 12 works for iPhone 11, that the current iOS uh, that's available to the public works with a future unreleased version of iPhone in case something goes wrong to the next upgrade of iOS in, in between. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, 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 bottom line is, I really doubt um, that uh, iPhone 11 is going to ship with iOS 12. I, I, don't, I don't see this happening. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at too. It's just, again, that just kind of underscored for me how serious people think these bugs are and the incompletion of, of how incomplete the software feels and uh, I guess that just since that's not my experience, I want to see what you thought. Yeah. Um. Okay, we got a, some news items I want to I want to go over with you. Some interesting stuff happened over the past week, but first, let's take a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Yeah, everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But here are some surprising stats for you: almost twenty nine people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 15 minutes, every 50 minutes, sorry. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last 30 years, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Now, drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. Uh, You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Well, it's pretty simple. First, you can plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. You can designate a sober driver or call a taxi or an Uber or something. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure, you're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Did you catch uh, all this crazy news that came out of... uh the D23 Expo in Anaheim, California this past week, or maybe it's weekend? Uh, the D23, that's the Disney uh, conference, right? Convention. 
Yeah, it's where they get up on stage and they talk about the stuff they've got cooking up, what they're working on. Um, this year was probably the most exciting we've seen from them in a while because they got to talk all about their new streaming service, right? They're going to jump into the streaming service uh, pool uh, to compete with the Netflix and the and the Hulus and the Apple TV Pluses. And they have they say that they are going to be ready to launch by, by November and they um, – Popped off a bunch of details and showed off a lot of trailers. Did you catch any of this? Yeah, I. I. That's basically the the only thing I got from the D twenty three or whatever it's called is uh, a few details about Disney Plus, which make it a more and more attractive offer to me every time we hear something new about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they've announced is impressive. We just do a quick recap here. So they say that they're going to charge. Uh, $6.99 per month, or you can go annual um, for $70, bucks, and that will save you a little more than a dollar uh, per month. They say that they plan to do weekly episodes of their original uh, programming, so they're not going to drop it all at once like a Netflix does, so you can binge it. They're just going to do it weekly. Uh, they're going to allow you to have simultaneous streams, which is more becoming more and more of a question, I think, right? As more people share their account info with other people, you want to know how many streams can I get going at once? They say up to uh, four um, different devices simultaneously. They also say you can have up to seven accounts. They say that it's going to stream in 4K for free, so there's not going to be an extra 4K tier. Same with HDR video. And uh, again, when you look at all of those features, you look at the $6.99 per month price and you look at the programming that they're going to have available. Um, how, If you're somebody like a Netflix, how can you not be worried? And I don't mean like a little worried. I mean, what's your business plan going forward? Uh, because it sounds like Disney's bringing movie quality TV shows and a bunch of them. Of And, and you got to think of all the intellectual property they hold, right? All the stories and and all the talent that they've collected over the years, they have all the rights to that. So they can put out these movie quality TV shows weekly, and they're only going to charge you seven bucks a month for it. And here's Netflix charging you double. And yeah, Netflix has a huge, huge, you know, library of content. But we know that they're going to be losing some of their biggest shows, like The Office. We know that some of the other uh networks and production companies are pulling their content off of Netflix so they can start their own streaming services. You're wondering where that's going to leave Netflix and you're wondering how Apple's going to be able to compete. Yeah. I mean, this all just kind of goes together, right? It's yeah. just, and again, we've been talking iPhones for the last 10 years on IDB, right? Well, there's some iPads and some Macs, but we've really been talking iPhones. This feels like a new wave, a new frontier where before it probably would have felt weird to talk about TV on like an iPhone or a tech podcast. But this seems like what a lot of these tech companies are going all in on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Apple should be more worried than the Netflix. I mean, granted, Netflix has to think about this, you know, and, and be on its guards. Uh, but Netflix has been the leader for since the beginning of TV streaming, really, and has millions of cons uh, customers all over the world. So Netflix is in a pretty good position, right? It's clearly the leader, uh, like you said, uh, tons of shows, um, but losing some too. But it's in a comfortable position. Um, Apple is the one that I think should be worried about the release of Disney Plus because that's a very strong contender. Both of them are launching virtually at the same time. We don't know the details of Apple TV Plus, but we can assume it's going to be launching in the next month or two. Uh, and uh, 
yeah, if I was Apple, I would be very worried because Disney, like you mentioned, has an incredible uh, back catalog of uh, Disney movies, Disney TV shows, like the Star Wars stuff, like the the what is it? The, is it Marvel or maybe even both? Now I, I don't really keep track of um, <laughs> what they do, but uh, it's like you know, like the superhero uh, stuff. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Uh, they have they have Marvel. Disney it's Marvel, Marvel, right? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, that's a huge, huge back catalog and IP, and like you said, they're also coming up with these new TV shows uh, and and cartoons. Uh, so I think I, I remember seeing a number. I don't. Uh, I think it was there was a couple thousand movies already, like in 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 that catalog just at launch. I mean, something just like crazy big, right right off the start. And in contrast, we're not really sure what Apple is going to have to offer besides a few of its uh, in-house TV shows that it's making. So we we just we know they're making TV shows. We know Apple is actually. Uh, blowing its budget out of the water to make its own TV shows. Um, what we are not sure about, and we haven't heard anything about, is is Apple TV Plus going to be coming with some licensed content from somewhere else that would make it an interesting offer for for a customer? You know, personally, I'm not sure I want to pay ten bucks a month for Apple TV Plus if all I can watch is four different shows. And yes, you can uh, bait me with a free. Yeah, three months trial or something. But after the trial, you'll probably have watched the entire catalog that's available on Apple right. TV+. Plus. So uh, when I see what Disney is doing, uh, I, it feels like they're in a good spot here. They're in a really, really, really good spot to be, uh, to be uh, pretty successful. I'm not saying they're going to take the throne out of Netflix, but I think it's going to be a pretty successful uh, product. Uh, coming up uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I where I might disagree a little bit is um, this is Apple's. I think this is even though the there have been reports that Apple has dumped six billion dollars into creating original content. I think you know you look at what they did with Planet of the Apps, and um, yeah, I don't know if you can even count Carpool Karaoke just because it was already a popular show, and I think it maintained popularity with Apple. Um, but this is just them dipping their toes, right? Like this is not, they're not betting the farm on this. This is them spending a little bit more than you would guess for a hobby, but this is them throwing a little bit of money at something that they think is on the horizon. Um, and so if they get completely dwarfed by Disney right off the bat, I get it. Um, in fact, we can just go ahead and tie in these rumors. Apple's rumored to be charging 10 bucks for Apple TV plus and, uh, when it launches this fall, it's only going to have like four or five shows um, of original content that we know of. Again, we don't know all the details there, but that's just kind of what's come up over the, the past week or so. Um, so if you can pay 10 bucks a month for five shows or seven bucks a month for whatever Disney's offering, obviously Disney wins there. Uh, but as you mentioned, Apple has the free trial and I think they're going to, they hope to quickly add content. But again, even if they keep, just like they did against Spotify and some of these other larger companies that had a huge piece of the pie when Apple jumped in their space. I think Apple is going to be okay if they can just pull some eyeballs. Like, here, just see what we've been working on. Tell us if we're going in the right direction. If we're not, we'll scrap it and either start over or just get out altogether. But they're in a space where they can do that. Netflix really isn't. You know, Netflix really isn't in a space where they can go, okay, tell us what you guys think. 
And then if, if we're wrong, then we'll scrap it and start over or get out. No, they're already in it. You know, they spend uh, $20 billion a year in content. I, I guess. I don't know. That feels like a really high number. But I feel like I've read something along those lines. Um, but, yeah. So, I think – I guess anybody in this space should be nervous. But for me, I'm not too worried about Apple because I'm – honestly, I'm expecting them to not blow the lid off things, right? With a couple – with a handful of shows – uh, yeah, they have some big name actors and actresses in them, but you know, a handful of shows. Let's just see what they can do. And uh, again, I'm not going to be really critical of them right off the bat. You know, if they if I like the shows, I'll, I'll say it. And if I don't, I you know, I'll say that too. But I won't judge them on. Uh oh, Apple's doomed in this space because it misfired right off the bat. No, it's this is them just kind of playing around and kind of you know pulling at the thread, as Tim Cook used to like to say, and and seeing what happens here. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. One thing, one thing is sure for me is that as soon as this Disney Plus uh, service is available, I'm canceling Netflix and I'm moving to Disney Plus. Like I, I find Netflix less and less interesting to me. It just, I, I was telling my wife yesterday, actually, last night. I was like, I feel like Netflix is like takes me back to watching cable. I have all this content available to me, yet I can't find anything to watch. There is so much stuff available. That, that you don't know where to look. You don't know what to watch. It's just, it's just like content overload. So I guess we're not going to have this problem with Apple TV+. Plus. Um, and we might have it to some extent with Disney+. Plus. I don't know. Um, but it's just, there's just, just, just too much on Netflix. And I feel like I've reached a point where I watch everything that was good on Netflix and I can't find anything of interest to me anymore on there. Like It's just a feel like trash tv you know it's just a bunch of like cheaply made tv shows uh that are made to hit a bunch of different niches and and i i feel like i'm not in any of his niche um it, yeah so it's been a while like this thing has been cooking has been on my mind for probably a year now where i'm like I, we're paying to watch netflix but really like un- like the kids can watch netflix all day and i'm never going to complain about it they love it but me and my wife were always like wondering what to watch. Just too much, just too much stuff, and not enough good stuff, or at least not enough good stuff stuff surfacing to us. So um, yeah, when I see Disney Plus at seven bucks a month, uh, with all it has to offer, uh, apparently that's going to be a little uh, package deal as well with ESPN Plus, uh, which I don't really care about, and Hulu. Yeah. Now, I mean, like now we are really talking. We are really, really talking, and uh, I, 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 and that's why it comforts me. Comforts me in my belief that it's going to be a super successful uh, product in the U.S. Yeah, I think it's actually twelve ninety nine was the rumor price for that bundle, and you get ESPN Plus, which is normally five bucks on its own. And that gets you access to a lot of on-demand content. If you've ever watched ESPN, you know they have like individual shows like First Take and and uh, NFL Live and things like that. And so you would get access to on. You'd also get access to their back arch of, of all the fights. Right? They have this huge deal with the UFC now, so they've got a lot of of that MMA content on there, big time. You also get live sports uh, with that. You also get. Hulu. And I think it's the Hulu with the ads, which is kind of a bummer because I myself, I have Hulu and I pay the extra $3 or whatever it is a month to get rid of the ads because they're ah, they're just so long and terrible. But um, so you get Hulu, ESPN Plus and Disney uh, streaming service. I think you get all that for 12 bucks or maybe 13 bucks at the most, but it's 
like you said, now we're talking. Like that is a deal. And again, I mean, you hit on a lot of good points there of why I think Netflix is in trouble. For every Stranger Things they have and for every um, – what's another big show for them? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Orange, Yeah, because you, th- you got to think some of their early hits like Orange is the New Black, I mean, that's getting along – I mean, that's like seven or eight seasons deep. And if you skip a season or two like I did, then you're kind of lost. And you don't know, do I want to take the time to go back? I think there is a content overload, especially you got to think for somebody like me. I belong to three or four of these streaming services. So I'm trying to watch Succession on HBO. And I'm trying to watch, uh, you know, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. And I'm trying to watch, you know, finish up Stranger Things on, on Netflix. It's wild. And so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this space develops. I'll tell you this. I... I always kind of had a hunch or at least thought in the back of my mind that Apple would team up with Disney for something like this. These guys have been pals for a long time, right? Steve Jobs was such a big stockholder in Disney. I think that is, that's in his estate, which belongs to his wife now. Uh, but, you know, ever since the Pixar deal and ever since, you know, I think Disney was one of the first to to license their content to Apple for its iTunes store. I mean, there's a lot of history there. So I always kind of thought, you know, if Apple was going to do content or wanted to get into streaming, I really thought they'd buddy up. But uh, more and more, it's looking like they're going to uh, to be competitors. And you got to start asking questions about, I believe, Bob Iger, uh, Disney's CEO, is still on the Apple board. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not keeping up with that very well. But oh, I think he is. Hey, question. Uh, ESPN Plus. Do sure. you think that includes like games from the World Cup or the Euro no. Cup or things like that? No. No, you have to... These these uh, broadcasting deals are so ridiculous. I can literally be in a market, you know, like let's say I'm living in Kansas and I want to watch this Kansas City Royals game, but because they're playing somebody else, that game's not in my market. I That's a terrible example, but I'm just saying like, CBS and Fox have access to football, to American football rights. I think it's NBC here in the U.S. that has access to the EPL stuff, right? The English Premier League. You can watch those games on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Um, I think Fox Sports 1 might have some licenses, maybe the Champions League. So anyways, what I'm trying to get at is each network has license to show these events. Like They pay millions of dollars so they can show it. And I just don't think ESPN gets in on that very often. I don't think they have, they get a lot of the rights. They had this huge deal with the UFC. Um, I know I see, I'll see a basketball game on there every once in a while, a uh, NBA game. I know they've got college football, but I just, I don't think they have any rights to World Cup or World Soccer. Mm, okay. Um, other question about Disney Plus. Apparently, they will release new episodes every week instead of dumping an entire season all at once like Netflix does. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, I'm I'm indifferent. And I know that feels like a cop-out, but I'm just so right down the middle that I can't pick one because on one hand, when Stranger Things 3 dropped, the season 3 dropped, I liked that I was able to do two or three episodes in a night and get through it. But then when you finish it in a week, you're like, oh, that's a bummer. Now, something like on HBO, like HBO Succession... I can watch that and I get an episode a week and I don't finish it too quickly. So I get to enjoy that story and the storyline and everything for a longer period of time. So I'm okay with either way. I like being able to watch at my own pace, but I also like them making me wait. And honestly, I like that I have multiple shows 
in both categories. So if I'm if I'm looking for something to watch, I can go, okay, I've got this one that I've already got eight episodes banked up on. Or, you know, I'm looking forward to Sunday because that's when the next, you know, succession or ballers or whatever you're into, that's when that episode comes out. So that's where I sit. What <laughs> what about you? Um I feel like I think it's a good idea. That's not going to impact me too much because I'm always late on shows. You know, I don't religiously watch shows the minute they come out. And right. I'm typically a few weeks behind. And by the time, you know, there's already six episodes available. So by the time I watch these six episodes, you know, two or three more are available. So it's not going to affect me. But I like this strategy of uh, releasing an episode uh, each week or on a schedule instead of dumping it all together. I think it's just creates like uh first it puts everybody on the same uh field it levels the playing field right i, I mean all viewers you, you're not going to have too much disparity between uh people who got to manage to watch like four episodes on the first night and versus like the guy who watched only two and then goes to twitter and he sees all these spoilers about the show or something like this i think it, it puts everybody on the same uh leveled playing field because everybody is going to have to wait until next Monday at 7 p.m. to watch the following episode. And I feel, I feel like also it creates like a nice, um, I guess, a conversation or buzz around, it, around each episode. Kind of like uh, Game of Thrones, right? People talk about it like it's a, a weekly event. People get together, they, uh, they uh, convene on Twitter and, and talk about it and there's a real conversation that happens about a specific episode, not the entire season of the episode. And uh, I think we lost some of that with Netflix. And uh, I think I'm happy to uh, to see Disney taking uh, this old approach, really, of uh, releasing one by one. I think that Netflix is alone in this, right? Uh, in releasing all the episodes at once, because I know that for Hulu... Um, they do weekly releases of their show. So like for this newest season of Handmaid's Tale, I think it was every Tuesday night that would come out. Um, I think it's the same with their other original content. And then same for HBO. I know for sure because I've watched Succession on there. Um, I know the new season of Ballers just started. Um, just all the shows that I can, I'm running through in my head right now that I've watched on there have all been weekly releases. So yeah, I think Netflix is the only one that goes here, you know, enjoy it at your, at your disposal. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're assuming Apple's going to go weekly, right? I, I, That's what I, they did with Planet of the Apps. Yeah, and I think they will. I think they will. I think they see the value, especially since they don't have much content, right? They want, they don't want to dump it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, guys. Finish this this weekend and we'll get back to you in six months with more shows. Exactly. Exactly. So I think they see the value of releasing one by one or each by week, each an episode a week or something. I'll tell you, while we're on this topic, this rumor that Apple's going to charge 10 bucks off the bat is, I think that's a big miss. I think if you're going to have limited shows and especially no big back catalog of other people's licensed content, right? So just favorite shows from other services that are just easy to license. If you're not going to have any of that and you're really just going to have this original programming, free trial or not, I think you just got to tell people five bucks. Five bucks and we're going to get you some cool shows and maybe down the line... Um, when we have more shows to offer, we might bump the price. Okay, everybody's assuming that too, right? Because everybody I've talked to about this Disney service, they go, how long is it $6.99 for? Because I think we've all just gotten used to, especially especially with these streaming services, 
right? Because we all quit cable like a year or two ago and said, man, these streaming services are, are awesome. 20 bucks a month and I get all these channels and and now we're all paying you know, way more than that. If you've got a direct TV, I guess it's not direct TV now anymore. It's AT&T TV. <laughs> um, Sling TV. If you have any of these and you originally started off paying a low amount, chances are you're paying maybe double what you were paying initially. And if you got more than just that service, if you got that plus Netflix plus Hulu plus HBO, you're probably paying what you were paying when you quit cable. Um, So I don't know. My point there, I guess, is I think Apple needs to trim that I'm hoping that the rumor doesn't hold true that they're going for 10 bucks a month and they just have these four or five shows. Yeah. And they're just hoping that the free trial hooks you in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will free trial it and I will, I will check out those shows. Speaking of, have you watched any of these trailers? Do any of these look appealing to you? Mm, yeah, I, I think I watched them all. I'm not sure any of them seemed like super appealing to me. Uh, especially the morning show. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard. I don't know if it's like a funny comedy, like a comedy, or if it's like a, a drama TV show. But when I see Steve Carell somewhere, like, I just, you know, I see uh, Brick in yeah. Anchorman, you know, like it's for me, or I see uh, Michael Scott. And for yeah. me, it's hard uh, in a uh, 45 second trailer to really assess how good this show is going to be, you know? So I, I don't know, like nothing really excites me quite yet. Uh, but uh, we'll see when they, when they launch. What about you? Uh, well, to be fair to Steve Carell, I think he has done some good serious roles. I know he, he did has. that. Uh, the, it was the wrestling movie. Um, I can't think of the name of this movie right now, but it was about wrestling. There was also, uh, he did the big short, which I think he had kind of a funny, but also kind of a serious role. Uh, but I know what you're saying, and I, I'll agree that something feels off about this The Morning Show. I can't put my finger on it because it's got tremendous talent, right? It's got Jennifer Aniston. It's got Reese Witherspoon. Um, and then, of course, it does have Steve Carell. And uh, you just see all these big names. You even see other people in there that you recognize. You go, okay, I've seen him somewhere. Like So you're just the, – there's nothing wrong with the cast, but it's just – I don't know if it's the feel of the trailer or – just, I don't, I don't, maybe it's because of past shows I've seen, you know, I've seen other new shows like, uh, uh, what was that one on HBO with Jeff? Bengals. Oh, that was good. Uh, newsroom. Yeah. Newsroom. Yeah. The news. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, Sorkin, uh, Aaron Sorkin was the guy behind that one. And it was just so the dialogue was just so good. It was really well done. So I think when you kind of take those past experiences of similar shows and you see this, you go, oh, well, that's not the same, and I don't know what they're going for here. Um, so again, I can't put my finger on it, but something fills off. So yeah, I haven't really seen anything in any of Apple's trailers that make me go, I have absolutely got to see this. Mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I'm going to wait and reserve the right. Again, I think even if they're not great shows, I don't think that's a huge miss for Apple. I think that's just them kind of playing around, and eventually they're going to put the right cable and the right plug, and we're going to see electricity. But, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what to make of it as of yet. Uh, are you watching? Okay, other than Big Brother, are you watching any shows right now? <laughs> uh, no. You never uh, finished up Game of Thrones? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I okay. did. I did. Um, what did we watch recently? We watched uh, um, uh, Netflix, uh, The Kids. Uh, uh, what's it called? The Kids, you know, and the... the 
Yep, oh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. Uh, we watch this, uh, and I feel like we watch something else after that. I can't remember what it is, though. Um, no, uh, I don't think we're watching anything in particular. Yet last night we were just like browsing and browsing and browsing and browsing, and uh, we settled on watching the first episode of Unbreakable, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Schmidt. or something. Yeah. That's the girl from the office. Yeah, and that you know that was funny, funny-ish. That was fun-ish, I guess. That wasn't super <laughs> hilarious. And uh, we stopped after the first episode. I think I watched a couple of uh, shows on YouTube. I've been doing a lot of YouTubing actually lately. Uh, yeah, I get I get into YouTube a little bit too, just because there's again you're just drowning content. But I think it does a good job of knowing what I've looked up in the past. Yeah, and it just kind of surfaces some. You know, like just a good example would be top 10 plays from the Dallas Cowboys last year. I'm like, okay, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and I had a lot of fun watching those games last year. Let's see these highlights. So it does a good job of doing, of surfacing that stuff to where you almost have to click. I mean, that's what they're really good at, right? And after you've watched a video, it recommends another video and you go, okay, I might want to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, short stuff. I watch, you know, like five minute skits and stuff, but I don't, I rarely watch anything. Uh, longer than that uh, but I find it more entertaining than Netflix I, I don't know I'm not in a super TV mood lately I, I don't feel like watching anything really you know I'm not just I'm not even watching Big Brother like I am so <laughs> behind that's to tell you the state I'm in right now, now I'm right? worried <laughs> now I'm worried <laughs> have you been to the doctor lately <laughs> no <laughs> I uh, I watched an episode or two last week, but I'm like way behind. Maybe I need to get. It's like it's like surfing or like doing sports or something. Sometimes you know you, you get out of it and you don't want to do it any anymore. Or playing guitar is also uh, one of these where I get in the state where if I don't play guitar for too uh, a long period of time, like I don't feel like playing guitar again anymore. But then I start playing again, or if I start sur- if I start surfing again, like I want to s- surf or play music like all the time. And I think uh, that's. Uh, in the loop that I'm in with um, with Big Brother as well. So right now I'm away from it, but I feel like as soon as I start getting back into it, I just gobble all these uh, episodes that I'm laid on. Yeah. Let's put a pin in this YouTube talk, though, because I'm finding that to be my habit. And I've talked to other people who are like, yeah, I just, I don't know where I've been opening the YouTube app on my smart TV lately. And um it's just everything it's from like hey check out you know i'm kind of a poker fan hey check out the top 10 craziest poker hands of all time and you're just like wow okay i'll watch that um so i'm finding that part of it uh interesting but like i said i did just finish up i mean i'm caught up on succession they're actually uh um in the middle of a season right now so now i'm to the point where i've got to wait every week um but that's a fascinating show anyways uh, I think that about wraps it up. What do you think? Yep, I think so too. Okay, well, uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. I think we want to thank our sponsor again. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's never okay to drive stoned. You put yourself and others in danger, and a DUI covers more than just alcohol. Drugs that make you feel different will make you drive different, and you could get a DUI. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Um, before we part ways, I want to say that uh, because I'm going to be traveling next week, I think the next episode of Let's Talk iOS will not release uh, on the same day. I think we're going to have to record on Tuesday instead. Um, 
And depending on calendar and stuff like this, next week might be our big draft event. Um, if Apple sends an invitation and confirms an event around September 10, uh, next week could be uh, the big, big draft event, uh, probably the biggest event of the year as far as uh, <laughs> Let's Talk iOS podcast is concerned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It might just be the best episode of 2019. It might just be this one, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the next episode will uh, will come out uh, a little later than usual, uh, but it will be just as good, if not better, as usual. Awesome. Well, um, then I will tell you, sir, uh, have some safe travels. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you see when I see you. See you when I see you.